Friday, November 19th, 2021, and today's guest is Matthew Dunlap, longtime former Maine Secretary of State, who for a minute was recently the state auditor too, before stepping down in October. He failed two exams needed to become a certified public accountant, a requirement for the post he was elected to last year by the joint ballot of the Maine House and Senate. So where's Dunlap now? Let's find out. Matthew Dunlap joins me by phone. Welcome, Matt Dunlap. Well, thanks for having me, Cynthia. So, Matt, um, in December 2020, you got elected for a position you were, quote, utterly unqualified, close quote, in your own words. Does that say more about you or members of the House and Senate who voted for you? A little bit of both. And I I think I should go back a little bit because, you know, when I first got elected to the legislature back in 1996, Gail Chase was elected auditor and she was kind of in the same boat. And, you know, it was one of those things that it rankles some folks because she didn't have any of the certifications. And the law describes three different certifications you, you can get certified public accountant, certified information systems auditor, which is computer systems, or a certified internal auditor. And that was the one I was really going for was internal auditor because you have to have like three years worth of classes to do a CPA. So um, I'm still interested in doing that too, by the way. But, um, and then after uh, Gail, Neria Douglas was elected auditor because she was an attorney and the law in Maine requires that you have one of these certifications. And if you don't, uh, you have nine months to get one. And, you know, because that law was written in the 80s, all these trades have changed dramatically. But, you know, I was I was approached actually to run for this by the previous state auditor, Paula Buckley. She called me and said, I think you should run for this job. And I laughed at her. I said, you know, Paula, I know nothing about that stuff. And we had a number of conversations and she said, ultimately, it's an administrative job. And this is a great organization that needs administrative leadership. And you've kind of proven that you could do that as secretary of state. And, you know, I was executive director at the Sportsman's Alliance of Maine. I've done that kind of thing. And I got thinking about it. And it's like, well, you know, I was one of the legislators, legislators that helped form the Office of Program Evaluation and Government Accountability, you know, and I've, and I've done this kind of work. I just didn't know what it was called. So I was talking to a member of legislative leadership. I said, you know, I might actually run for that. And the response was, thank God. It's a black hole. We can't find anybody to run. And part of that's because, you know, you think about the requirement, the core requirement, the original requirement that's been amended a few times, it should be a CPA with five years supervisory experience, basically somebody who runs an accounting firm. Yeah. Uh... They're, they're probably making six or seven figures. You know, why would they take an 80% pay cut to come work in state government. Well, speaking of six or seven figures, the um, the salary for the job was, I think, around $110,000. And I'm sure you know enough about auditing to realize that now you don't have that paycheck. How has it been trying to, you know, you, you hear in the news, there's so many jobs, so many jobs, so many jobs. Are you finding that there's a lot of jobs or not really? You know, I, I've actually had a few people reach out and, and you know, express interest in me doing something different right now. I have been very prudent with my finances since I was in office and I've put a, a fair amount of money away. And, you know, so I've been able to, to breathe a little bit. I don't, I, I'm not looking down the edge of a cliff financially. So I got a little time. And also too, I really want to kind of, I have a bit of a chip on my shoulder and I want to pass these exams. There, <laughs> yeah. know, there, there are three exams. Um, <laughs> And I hired a tutor. I took 
in a financial accounting class. I did all this work. I've been at it since last December. And I almost passed. I passed the first one the second try. And really, you know, the Institute for Internal Auditors says that their fail rate is about 42%. Anyway, so it's a hard exam. And uh, the second one and third one, the second one I failed by four questions out of 100. And the third one I failed by one. Oh, so that's I, I, so it's painful. Like right, it's like right there. Okay, and so, so I, wanna, I have to ask you, sure I, I have to ask you, so um, the, the auditor position, like the constitutional officers um, in Maine are elected by the legislature. And, and in the 2020, when you were elected, your wife, Michelle Dunphy, happened to be in leadership and... I'm sure probably, you know, did a little work for you. What was your strategy when you got the, the news that you didn't fit? Were you like, okay, I better take her out to Pat's Pizza where it's noisy, uh, get, you know, get some flowers? What was your strategy on breaking the news? About failing? Yeah, by one vote, <laughs> by, by one uh, question or five questions. Question. Well, I also want to get back to the legislative election thing too. But for, you know, she's been awesome. You know, she has... This has been incredibly stressful for the whole family. Oh, I'm sure. Imagine. But you know, she and all the staff I work with, I mean, and, and they've just been nothing but supportive. Now, the staff, it's a staff of 33 people, and we have a lot of CPAs, internal auditors, fraud examiners, information services auditors, you know, people with more certifications than I can even understand. And, you know, they sort of have, in my view, sort of the God-given right to kind of like look at me sideways and think, you know, maybe mutter something under their breath about the Peter principle. And really all they do is cheer me on. You know, we have this woman just got her CPA. She's been working there for almost a decade. And um, she had to take a humanities class as part of her requirements. And she pokes her head in the door just as she's walking out of the office one night. This is before I took my first exam. And she said, I had to take a literature class. And my last exam, I got 78 out of 79 right. And if I can do that, you can do this. Yeah, it's just been wonderful. Um, when so, is the, when is the test scheduled again? Well, I'm not revealing that. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. <laughs> but you know, let me get back to the legislative thing. This is something the Bangor Daily News absolutely shellacked me on. Yeah, I saw um, that. About you know, maybe it's not such a great idea to elect somebody who's utterly unqualified. Well, you look at the way the law is written, and at one time we didn't have an audit function in government, and that's something that kind of grew and emerged after the Civil War as more federal money was getting entangled in Maine's budget and there was there were some scandals and um, the position of state auditor was actually created in 1911 and at that time it was statewide elected well they couldn't find anybody to run so in 1931 it was transferred to a legislative election and um, it's been a legislative election ever since and it was in the 80s that they started really tinkering with the qualification piece of it Part of what the law anticipates here with having this gap period where you can get the certification, the legislature is probably going to want to elect somebody that they know and that they that they trust and feel like is accountable to them. And that's true with the constitutional officers, you know, the secretary of state, the attorney general, the treasurer, um, you know, it's been that way. You know, certainly the treasurer and secretary of state have been elected by the legislature since 1820. The attorney general was added in in the 1840s. At one time, we used to elect the adjutant general by vote of the legislature. U.S. senators were elected by votes of legislatures. So um, that's I think that's why that's constructed that way. And, and you know, the 
the charge that somehow this is cronyism or good old boys network or that people don't get to vote for these positions. Well, you get to vote for your legislators and you trust them to run the government. And this is part of that function. Um, and, you know, the, the core work that I have done since I, you know, when I was in the office, that was the easiest part of my day. The easiest part of my day was my job. You know, the hard part was going, you know, before and after work and, you know, studying these study guides and reading these texts and trying to get my head around, you know, all the formulas for solvency and liquidity <laughs> and, you know, uh, profitability and well, that's, understanding the that, systems of auditing. That that's been the leads, hard part. leads me to my next question. You know, the good thing about having kids is that you can always find a lesson, you know, in everything. You can always <laughs> teach a lesson. So other than maybe like run for treasurer next time, what's the... Um, What's the lesson here, do you think? I think, I hope the lesson is that people should never be afraid to fail. You know, because that's the risk you take, right? We celebrate success in this country almost with a sense of idolatry. You know, Tom Brady, seven Super Bowls. And um, I, I, I had a, an incredible opportunity. Uh, we used to host National History Day when I was Secretary of State. And one of the competitors in National History Day did a one-person play about women's suffrage. And she did, a, she did the costume changes and everything. It was fabulous, you know, of a woman working in a factory and trying to get the, the right to vote. And, and she'd done a lot of work and research on this. And so I'm presenting her award because now she was going to go on to the national competition. And I just happened to casually mention that my grandmother had been arrested um, for marching in the streets of Chicago in a suffrage march. And she was absolutely fascinated. And she and her mother scheduled an appointment with me and it gave me the opportunity to talk to some of the family and get some of the details of that. But that was part of my observation to her is that we all know about Susan B. Anthony and Elizabeth Cady Stanton and all the, the heroes of the suffrage movement. You don't hear about the women who had their lives destroyed, whose husbands left them or threw them out of the house or were sent to prison. For, for doing that same work in complete obscurity. And I think, you know, in, to, to the point that I'm trying clumsily to make about, you know, what I've gone through and what my prospects are for the future, you know, I, I've had a number of failures in my life that I've recovered from. You know, I, the first round of exit exams from grad school did not go well. <laughs> I had to take them again. It cost me a year before I could get my master's degree. You know, I've lost elections. I lost to you in that 2012 primary. And that morning when I woke up after losing that primary, a lot of people projected me to win. You know, I had all the name recognition, but you ran a smart campaign. You know, you, you, you really did a great job. And I remember waking up the next day, and the thing I noticed was that the birds were singing. You know, the phone wasn't ringing, but the birds were singing. And I thought, you know, the sun still comes up. There's still another day. And I look back on that time, if I'd won the primary, and my odds of beating Angus King would have been pretty long. Right. And then what? And then what? I mean, there's no way, Cynthia, that I could have then pivoted on my heel after losing a general election and then three weeks later run for Secretary of State again. There's no way I could have done it. In a way, it turned out to be the greatest blessing of that election year was losing that primary because I got the opportunity to go back and do more work as Secretary of State in some very, very important work. So I think... Yeah, really high-profile work. I mean, you were on the national stage in with the Trump Voter Fraud Commission yeah. and made had a few appearances on Comedy Central, NPR. <laughs> I mean, you were flying high. And it was crazy. It was crazy. But, you know, 
And I think you know, that's, I think, the lesson is that you can't be afraid to try something for fear of failure. And, and, and I have my own, you know, sensitivities. And, you know, when I realized where I was and I was going to have to step down, I thought it's got to be my story and I've got to call my own shot. And, you know, I got a lot of credit for it. Um, but at the same time, you know, and I certainly do sleep okay. It's, it's been an anxious, an anxious few months, but I'm going to pass these tests. And if nothing else, I'll prove that this is a doable thing. And hopefully the legislature will take a lesson from this and examine this really, really broken statute. It's a broken statute. 23 states have no certification requirement for their state auditor whatsoever because it's an administrative job. <laughs> you know, it's, I'm not you know, going into the books myself. So, so what's um, next, Matt, in terms of um, politics? Are you interested at all in uh, challenging Jared Golden in the 2nd Congressional District primary or going to law school and running for attorney general? Well, you know, uh, you know, Jared's a friend of mine. Um, I do have to scratch my head at some of these votes he's been taken. You know, being the only Democrat to vote against these, you know, really historic proposals makes me wonder what he's trying to prove. But you know, that's he hadn't he hasn't called me for advice, and I'm not going to offer it to him. But um, you know, I've had a number of people talk to me about running for higher office. It's either now or at some point in the future, which I think is incredibly flattering. It's a little hard to run statewide, as you know. Um, and right now, the second CD office is not open, and I'm not inclined to challenge him in a primary. Um, right now, I have to focus on these exams and see what happens next with my immediate future. Um, and that's still up in the air. Um, I think I will be able to secure something. And whether that's in politics or not, um, there's a lot, there's something very bright and shiny about not being an elected official, as I learned when I was out of office between my time as my two terms as Secretary of State. Um, but, you know, I really, what's always kept me in this game and kept me coming back is the ability that you can leverage to help people. And when I first got elected, I remember my first constituent issue, and I went and was able to find the solution for the fellow, and I went to his house and brought him what he needed. And I'll just never forget the look on his face of pure relief. And I thought, oh, that's what this is about. This is not about what bills you sponsor or what titles you attain. It's whether or not you can actually use this position to help people. And I've been very, very lucky to be able to do that. Well, I'm certain, Matt Dunlap, that your future is bright and shiny. Uh, I have no doubt. Okay, now we're, we're in the lightning round. Are you ready? Sure. Uh, marsh Marshmallows on sweet potatoes, yes or no? Um, I, I wouldn't feed it to a dog. <laughs> chunky, <laughs> chunky, or smooth cranberry sauce? Uh, I'd go with the chunky on that one. All right. And last, are there any turkeys you are lobbying President Joe Biden for a pardon? <laughs> well, no. I think turkeys are, are are best on the plate where they belong. <laughs> 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 Matt Dunlap, always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks so much. I wish you the best of luck. All right. Thank you for the opportunity to talk. Take care.